Thank you for downloading the Grove City Vineyard Sermon Podcast. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, church. Good morning, everyone. As I make my way up here. It is so good to be with you all today. Thank you so much for joining us today in the rain and in the cold. We are so glad that you are here. My name is Christian Root and I'm the associate pastor here at the Grove City Vineyard. And we are holding these worship services uh, according to the new health department guidelines. And so it is, it is very important that everyone stays inside their cars. And so should you need a jump at the end of the service, please hold tight. We'll be around to make sure you get a jump, but please do not exit your vehicle. All right, well, make sure you're, th- you're keeping up with all of the uh, resources that we're offering adults and students and kids. You can connect with us at GCV. Uh, gcvineyard.org. There we go. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, or on YouTube. We would love to, to connect with you online. Now, if you have a personal need or you would like to meet a personal need for someone in our community, please shoot me an email. You can email me at christian at gcvineyard.org. If you have a need, please reach out. Or if you would like to help meet someone else's need, please uh please send me an email. Well, here's a new announcement for this week. We're going to be installing a blessing box in the parking lot this week. Yes, amen to that. Amen. Amen. So this is going to be a simple station where you can pick up food if you should have a need, or you can drop off food if you would like to donate. And so take if you have a need, give if you are able. And so please spread the word. Please tell your friends and your neighbors about the blessing box. And and we should roll that out here shortly uh, in the coming week. All right. Well, if you're not on our emailing list and you would like to be, you can simply request to be on our emailing list by emailing info at gcvineyard.org or by calling us at 614-277-277. 2700. We're not going to be passing out bulletins each week, but those will be available on our website every Friday. If you cannot access the internet but would still like a bulletin, please call the church and we'd be happy to mail you a copy every Thursday. All right, lastly, we will not be taking a a physical offering this week, but we want to encourage you to continue giving your tithes and offerings uh, to the Grove City Vineyard. You can use the QR code that you find on the bottom of your bulletin, or you can visit us at gcvineyard.org and click on the giving tab. Thank you so much, church, in advance for your continued faithfulness. Amen. And and if you are visiting this week, if this is not your home church, we want to encourage you not to give to the Grove City Vineyard, but to continue giving to your local church. Because even if your local church is not meeting right now, they, they certainly need your help. And so we want to encourage you to continue to give to your home church. All right, let's pray for today's offering. Jesus, we thank you that... <laughs> Even in in the midst of inclement weather, even when we're not able to physically gather together in the building, that you are still Lord of Lords, you are still King of Kings, you're still sovereign over this world. Nothing has changed. 
You're still a God who neither sleeps nor slumbers. You're still a God who holds all things under your control. We trust you, Jesus. And even in the midst of rainy days when we need to meet in a parking lot, we just continue to affirm that you are good, that you know us and you see us. Would you use these tithes and offerings for your glory, Father? Would you come? Would you bless Pastor Tom's word? And would you encourage those who need a fresh measure of encouragement today? In Jesus' name. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Good morning. Well, so guys, just so you know why it's raining, it's really because I wanted to wear my poncho. I just got this new poncho. So you guys have to, you know, deal with the rain because I asked Jesus if I could wear my new poncho today. All right, we're going to do things a little different. I'm going to do my talk first and then kids, we're going to sing, okay? So here we go. I'm going to quote some scripture here. So Deuteronomy 6, 5, how many of you know what that says? Nobody? Oh, there's one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love, you guys, is the choice. It's not an emotion. Now, I know many of you are going, what? Yes. We tell people that we love them, but those are just words. What are things that you do to show the people that you love them? Do you obey your parents? Do you play with your friends? Do you share your toys? Do you help your grandma or grandpa or your neighbors? Those are all ways of showing people that you love them. It's not just about the words. It's about the actions, too. So how do you love God? Well, you read your Bible, you pray, you worship, you watch healthy things, good things on TV, you listen to good music, you help others, you obey the adults in your life. By filling our lives with good things, we're showing God that we love him. Now, he doesn't just want us to love him every once in a while. He wants us to love him with all of our heart. How many of you guys have ever eaten a snack before dinner? And then you find out that your parents, your mom made you your favorite meal, but you can't eat all of it because you ate that snack. And then you find out that she made you a yummy dessert and you can't eat that because you ate the snack. It's kind of filling our bellies, guys. We're filling our hearts with stuff. And then there's no room for God. Kids, now more than ever, it's important that we are filling our time with good and healthy things. I'm talking about the things that you read, the things that you're listening to on the radio or on your Spotify or Apple Music, the things that you're watching on YouTube. All of these things take up space in your heart. And if those things are taking up space in your heart, where is there room for God? Fill your heart with good and healthy things. Because Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Hey, shout out to 
Don Mernan for joining me up here today, man. Yeah. And thanks so much for grace on the guitars. It is literally impossible to keep them tuned in these conditions. So if, you, if you're sitting there going, boy, that sounds out of tune, you are 100% right. Okay? They were tuned when we came out. Hey, I want to give a special shout-out this morning to Mr. Roman Gaines. Yep. He has worked tirelessly to make all this equipment for us work. It's not just Sunday mornings. We want to thank also for the sacrifice that his family, Cheryl, his wife, and Audrey and Katie. Thank you, Peggy. Uh, are making uh, to allow him to be down here so much, just getting all this stuff working from week to week. We're just uh, really couldn't be any more grateful to him. Yeah, give it up for him, church. <clears throat> hey, I got an idea. Ask me what? What's your idea, Tom? I say we light, fi- we fight fire with fire. What do you think? You undoubtedly, everybody here has heard that idiom at some point. We're going to fight fire with fire. We have an idea what it means. You may not know that its derivation is from the 1800s when they used to fight prairie fires out on the frontier with fire. And they would, obviously, they would burn a controlled fire as the fire was advancing so that it would burn out and extinguish the fuel for the encroaching fire. And it's called fighting fire with fire. It's still done some in... Uh, in forest fire fighting, but it's become a real popular phrase for us, fighting fire with fire. And um, I just think it's time for us to fight fire with fire. Uh, Let's fight this invisible coronavirus with the invisible power of God. How about that? You know, one of our leaders, uh, she comes here very faithfully to pray uh, in the midst of all this, comes all by herself and prays, and there are several who do that. But this one in particular, she emailed me one day, and she said, you know, I was praying today, and uh, this thought really, really struck me. And that is that the whole world seems to have no trouble believing in uh, the coronavirus, though they can't see it. But the same world, much of the same world, cannot believe in God because they say they cannot see him. Well, here's the deal. We believe, don't we? We believe. We are not left to ourselves. We are not left to our own devices. We believe. And in believing, we have the power of God on our side. And so I just want to talk with you for a few minutes this morning about fighting fire with fire. There's an amazing account if you dial up in your Bibles to 2 Kings uh, chapter 6. There's an amazing account of how this works deep in the Old Testament with a prophet named Elisha. Now, who was Elisha? Well, he was uh, kind of Elijah's associate pastor, if you will. And then when Elijah left the scene, then he stepped up into a very powerful, powerful ministry in his own right. And in Second Kings, there's an account of a battle. And I want to show you in this passage how God shows us that we can fight this invisible virus and all of its effects on our society with the mighty invisible power of God. 2 Kings chapter 6, starting in verse 8. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. So you got that, right? There's a war on. After conferring with his officers, he said, well, I'll set up my camp in such and such a place. So he's simply talking with his officers about where they're going to encamp themselves as they fight this fight. 
And the man of God sent word to the king. Now, the man of God in this case is Elisha. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God, and time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on guard, on his guard in such places. Now, you need to know at this point that prophets were frequently consulted in the Old Testament and even in other cultures than the, than the Israelites, uh, because keep in mind that they were not living in a democracy, they were living in a theocracy, and their fully understanding was that these kings were appointed, were appointed in effect, by God. And so uh, uh, they would confer with their prophets to find out where it is they should go and how it is they should fight. And, you know, you, some of you might be wondering, well, what about prophets today? What's the, what's the situation with prophets today? And uh, there still is very much an active prophetic ministry in the church today, but it's substantially different than it is in the Old Testament. And uh, uh, it's substantially different, but keep in mind that in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that God gave some to be apostles and some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. And so these are the, the five significant areas of ministry in the church, and one of them is prophets. So that as we move from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the role of the prophet is still, is still active, but it's different. And it's different, I think, uh, for three reasons. First of all, that New Testament prophets are not held to the same level of accountability as they were in the Old Testament. Some of you know that to be a prophet in the Old Testament meant you had to be right. And if you were wrong, if your prophecy did not come to pass, as you had stood and announced, thus saith the Lord, you were actually stoned. So there were not a lot of people standing around saying, I hope I'm a prophet when I grow up. And so there was a high level of accountability. Well, in the church age, we don't stone people for being wrong about their prophecies. And so, you know, it creates a, a much lower bar for people to step in and say, thus saith the Lord. And so I just want to caution you folks. As you're moving through this pandemic time and you're looking here and you're looking there for guidance, then I, I bless that. But be careful. Just be careful of some of the prophecies that are being spoken because they're not all true. Jesus himself warned us against false prophets, didn't he? He said, be on your guard. There are false prophets. I'm not thinking of anybody in particular when I say this. I'm just saying use discernment as you begin to shape your view of what's going on and how we should be responding uh, with the prophets. So that's the first reason that the prophets, the ministry of the prophet is different in the New Testament than the Old. The, the second reason is because we now have the Word of God. We now have 31,173 verses of Scripture that we're in which, through which God can speak to us, yes? And when He can speak to us, that's why we're people of the Word. So we don't if we're in the Word, we really don't need prophets to come along and speak to us because we're already in touch with what God is saying. And the third reason that the ministry of the prophet is so very different in the New Testament than the Old is because we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit who speaks to us. The Bible says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. And if you keep reading on down, it says, for we have the mind of Christ. And so as believers, as authentic believers, 
who are developing relationship with God through His Holy Spirit, we learn to actually hear the Holy Spirit, don't we? And so, while I'm, while I'm, uh, I'm just taking that's kind of a side trail. It's been a while since I felt like I've taught you much of anything, and I just wanted to lift up the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament prophet. So, back to our passage. So they, they, you know, they consulted Elisha the prophet. He kept telling him where the Arameans were going to be. Verse 11, well, this enraged the king of Aram. Well, you get that, right? He summoned his officers and demanded of them, will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? In other words, who's the spy among us? How do they keep finding out where we're going to be? Well, none of us, verse 12, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. (laughs) That's a pretty powerful prophetic gift. And then the king says, well, go and find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. And the report came back, well, he's in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots. Now, that's a strong, strong army and a strong force there. And they went by night and surrounded the city. So Elisha's in Dothan, Elisha's in Dothan, and, and, and it's a night, they're sleeping. And while it's happening, they surround the city. Uh, with, with their forces. And then for next morning, verse 15, when the servant of the man of God... Now, I do like that about the Old Testament. I think all men of God should have servants, don't you? Anybody? Okay, yeah. I really don't. Let's, I guess this is going on Facebook or whatever, so probably shouldn't say stuff like that. But, um, but they had servants. You know, Elisha was actually Elijah's servant. He carried his bags, basically, while he learned the, the role. And, uh, but anyway, so the servant wakes up, out early the next morning, an army of horses and chariots had surrounded the city. So he's the first one to see what's happened in the night. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Logical question. Don't be afraid. I don't know the tone of Elisha's voice. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, this poor servant is like, do you not know math? I mean, there would have to be only one of them for us to be more than them, and I, there's as far as many, more than I can count. And he said, and Elijah prayed. Here's the good part, verse 17. Verse 17. And Elijah prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Hey, give it up. Come on, church. So, so there was something there that could not be seen with the human eye, but could be seen by the Spirit of God. So there was power, there was forces, there was defense, there was a response to this attack that was all around them the whole time. But the servant couldn't see it until Elisha prayed. Verse 18, as the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. And he, he fought fire with fire, didn't he? He just, he just said, well, we're fine. We have, we have more power than they have. You just can't see it until you enter into that place where it's revealed to you by God. I think this is just a fascinating account of where we are right now. If you continue reading that passage, you'll see that, that Elisha, they were struck with, with blindness, the enemies, and, and, and Elisha actually continued by treating these enemies with an act of extreme, extreme kindness. And that's just a blessing of the Lord to show us that, that uh, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and we have, to, we have to move forward in kindness. Well, in the Old Testament, the people of God saw God as their warrior. 
He was the warrior. He was the fighter. They weren't on their own. He did the fighting for them. You remember in uh, Exodus when uh, Moses had, had defeated the Amalekites. And he went and it was when, he went, when they went out against the Amalekites and Moses went out and as long as his hands were in the air, Joshua and his armies prevailed. And when his hands fell down, then, uh, then, they, then they were defeated. And what you see is that over and over again, so that Moses actually had two guys holding up his arms, just operating in the power of the invisible. Couldn't see it with their eyes. But when this went up, there was power. Now, what's really important, what's really key, I think, is that at the end of that passage, then, uh, then Moses made an altar to the Lord there. And he said, Jehovah Nisi. He said, the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my banner. Now, some of you have been through DT200 with me. You know that. You know that that's one of the names of God in the Old Testament, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. And what does that mean? Well, it means that in that day when they would fight, that all of the armies of these pagan, pagan groups would go out with a banner with their idol on it. They would have their idol on it, and so they would go out to war under the banner with an idol. Well, the Israelites were not allowed to cast graven images, were they? They couldn't do that. And so they just went out and fought with Moses' arms lifted up, and at the end of the, at the, end of the battle and in the victory, Moses just said, hey, I don't have a banner with an idol, but, but the Lord is my banner. The Lord goes over me. I follow the Lord. Wherever I go into battle, I go under the banner of the Lord. Would you just invite that into your space right now, into your car right now? Just invite the Lord just to come and be, be banner over you. And this is really what we're asking of the Lord today, is we're, we're surrounded by a power that we cannot see. We're invaded by a power we cannot see, but we're also right now surrounded by a power that cannot be seen by the human eye. And if, and if you are a, an authentic believer of, in Jesus Christ today, a follower of Christ, then that power lives in you. You are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and he's just waiting for you to make a request of him. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12, the Bible says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Catch this, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Well, if our struggle is not against flesh and blood, then neither is our power of our own strength. So I'm calling you this morning, church. I want you to move forward, and I want you to fight. And I want you to fight fire with fire. Can't see this thing? There are people who are afraid to breathe. There are people who, who are afraid to put their hands on surfaces. Hey, we need to walk in wisdom. I'm all about that. But we do not need to walk in fear because we are under the banner of the Lord. And I want you to fight this week. And I want you to do four things. If you're writing them down, first write down, believe. You want to fight this thing? You want to fight fire with fire? Then believe. Hebrews 11.6 says, For without faith it's impossible to please God. For whoever comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You've got to start. Yeah, you've got to start. You've got to start just by deciding to believe. And you know what? Some of you are stuck at home. And this is an opportunity for you to develop diligence in your pursuit of God. This is a tremendous opportunity. Remember how you always said, well, when I retire, <laughs> welcome to retirement. Remember how you always said, when I'm not so busy at work, then I'll pursue God? Well, guess what? You're not so busy at work if you're staying home. And you, this is a time for you to develop diligence. Sometimes people ask me, 
They say, Tom, how did you get to the point where you're hearing God? How, how did you get there? And I'm not, I don't want to say anything that has anything to do with, with commending me, but I just want to say I got to this point through diligence because the Bible says that God rewards those who diligently seek him. And I think many of you know, many of you know my story, that for seven years I locked myself in rooms and just pursued God with nothing, 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 nothing. But it said, if I diligently seek him, and then he began to speak to me. Then he began to speak to me. And I've seen that happen in a number of your lives, that you've just been diligent in your pursuit of him. You didn't give up. And this is a time of diligence. You know, when I was out this morning in the rain, just walking the wall and asking God, what do you want to do today, Lord? What great thing are you going to do in our parking lot? It just struck me. I'm not out there trying to earn God's favor or impress anybody. I'm out there just being diligent. And there's, there's nothing mystical or magical about this wall. You can be diligent wherever you decide to be. It's it's powerful for me because I'm a kinetic Christian. By that, I mean I'm on the move all the time. I, I find it very difficult to sit in a chair and pray for very long. But man, if I get up and I move, I can pray forever. And so you find your space and you get diligent now. You get diligent. You believe with diligence and you'll begin to hear him. You really will begin to hear him. You know, Karen reminded me of a story this week that one day she was driving in the car. She had like two or three granddaughters in the car with her. And they were just driving along. And one of the granddaughters asked her, Grandma, how do you hear from God? How do you do that? And she said, well, honey, you just got to be quiet. You just got to be quiet and listen for him. And so she said to the rest of the, everybody in the car, she said, everybody be quiet. And she sat there for 15 seconds and said, didn't work. <laughs> Go ahead, honk your laugh. Give me a little something there. Thanks. Didn't work. Didn't work. I see that in the American Christian. It's like, nope, didn't work. Hey, pursue him. Pursue him with diligence. I see people out walking this wall. Man, there are two in particular, and they're about to hear from God. There's one who's a 20-something, and he's out here almost every day. There's another woman who's a grandma, and she's out here a lot, and I see her. And I bet you, I promise you that if they remain diligent in their pursuit of God, they're about to hear, they're about to hear from God. Now listen, the second thing I want you to do is not going to surprise you, and that's pray. Once you get firm in your belief, call out. Pray for the Holy Spirit's divine intervention during this time. Pray for the safety of our frontline servants. Pray for divine wisdom to be revealed to our governor and Dr. Acton. And, and pray that God will activate you to be a vessel of God during this time. These are incredible times to share Christ. So pray that God will activate you to be a vessel of God's healing and evangelism. Pray that God will open your eyes to the opportunities that are everywhere for you to share Christ. People are waiting to come. Third, I want you to declare. Declare. I want you to put your foot down and say, Your kingdom come, your will be done in my house. Gentlemen, I want you to walk around your family. I want you sit them right in the room and say, I'm going to walk around you in the name of Jesus. I want you to go outside your property and just walk the perimeter of your property. And you just say, in Jesus' name, that thing will not come here. And you just declare it in the name of Jesus. You read Psalm 91 over your family this afternoon. And then number four, I want you to do some crushing. I want you to crush the enemy under your feet. Crush the enemy under your feet. You have the power. You have the power. And I want you to crush 
the fear around you with kindness. All right? There's lots of fear around you. Just crush the fear with kindness. Just continue to follow the impulses of God as you just continue to be a kind person. All right? Hey, I want to invite you into the invisible power of God. Anybody want to come right now? All right. It always starts at exactly the same place for everybody. It starts at the cross of Christ. That's the gateway into the power of God. It's not some mantra that you say. It's not some act that you do. It's just being empowered at the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for our sins. If you don't know Christ today, invite him into your life right there where you sit. Just invite him in. Invite him in. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I want you to come in and be my Savior and be my Lord. And if you're doing that right now, would you email me, Tom, at gcvineyard.org? Would you email me personally? And I want to help you. I want to I help you as your pastor. Just get going in your walk with Jesus, okay? But I want everybody to just come to the cross with me now. Everybody, believers, those of you who are becoming believers, just come to the cross with me now. Father in heaven, uh, so grateful for these who have been able to come out and join us today and I just thank you so much for them, Father God, and I pray your power on them. I pray that you will command your angels concerning them, Lord, that you would lift them up and they would not strike their foot against a stone. Father, I pray for them. I pray that as they move through this time, this unprecedented time in our society, in our world, that you'd give them not only healing and strength, but you'd give them grace for the moment, creativity for the moment, And I pray that you'll just indwell them with your Holy Spirit power so that they can be more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Father, I thank you again for this church. God, I miss them. I just miss the embrace, God. But Lord, we just pray you'll just keep us until that day when we can all be in the house together. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. I think we're going to dismiss by the back. This is a whole new deal for us. So I so appreciate your patience with the parking volunteers. It's a big job. Um, and so if you just uh, if you just follow their lead, go ahead and start dismissing them from the back, please. And everybody else can just kind of stay patient until they get to you. While you're going, I want to read a psalm over you. I want you just to embrace this and ask Ask this to be true of you. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys it in midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling place, even the Lord, who is my refuge... 
then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen, church. God bless you guys. Stay safe. We'll see you next Sunday.